Through this time of Lent, we've been focusing on spiritual disciplines. And if you uh, tuned in last week or were here last week, we talked about prayer as an essential to our faith, as sort of a foundational spiritual discipline. This week, we'd like to talk about fasting. And we hope to uh, lift that up to you as a possibility in your life to uh, give you some ideas or tools for fasting. And uh, I hope not to scare you off. So we turn first to what Jesus has to say about fasting. In the beginning of Mark's Matthew's gospel, Jesus is teaching about just about everything, and he touches on fasting. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So I made a decision to fast for Lent in 1984. Now, I did not eat any solid food from sunup to sundown for the 40 days and the six Sundays of Lent. Now, let me set the stage a little bit for you. When I was younger, I was married before, and I was sort of a hot mess so my life was sort of a hot mess. And when you're younger, that seems fun. But then you realize it's not, really. I, at the end of my college career, had gone to a, a revival with Josh McDowell and once again came up to the altar. And I recommitted my life to Jesus. And I committed my life to go into the ministry so I had enrolled in seminary and by 1984 was working as a part-time associate pastor while attending seminary. So I decided to fast for Lent. Having heard about it and studied it a little bit, I thought it would be a good discipline. I thought it would bring me closer to Jesus, to his experience. Now I also have to tell you that I still was thinking I could add Jesus on to my life. You see, I had my life, and I made this commitment to go back, uh, to go into ministry, to made this commitment back to Jesus, but I still thought it was something I could add on to my life, like you would add on a, a hobby or an occupation, but your life, your life would stay as it was. But God had other plans. So in 1984, I began to fast. And I, I listened to the words of Jesus. I, I tried to keep it as secret as I could. I didn't make a big thing of it. I didn't let anybody know I was doing it. If there was a meal or something, I sort of just dismissed it myself or disappeared. So I didn't have to sit there and explain why I wasn't eating. And... I got all the way to Holy Week, and I was thinking about Jesus and his experience on this earth. 
I was thinking that the daylight hours had kept getting longer and longer uh, through that time of Lent. And I was also thinking of the chocolate bunny on Easter morning. But God was thinking about me. So it was either Tuesday night or Wednesday night of Holy Week, there at the dinner table, my wife announced that she was moving out. And I was crushed. I was devastated. And it led to that, the end of that semester of seminary not going very well for me as my life seemed to be unraveling before me. I, I felt like God was, was, was disassembling my life. Really, I felt like God was crushing my life. And it led me into a very dark and difficult summer, leading me to my birthday in September when I received a letter that I was being dismissed from seminary. And the next week, the other guy showed up at the apartment door. I didn't know what was going on. Why would God do this? What was God doing in my life? But I can see years later that I had invited God into my life. And God saw that there was a lot that I needed changed. I learned in that experience that God's will does not bend. You cannot bend God's will to your will. You cannot bend God's will to what you want or desire. You cannot bend God's will to the way you think your life should be. All you can do is allow God in and allow him to bend your life towards his will. I can see in hindsight, which is always perfect, that God was making my life more perfect. That I was crazy to think I could just add God to my life because God is a jealous God. And God desires all of us because God loves all of us. He doesn't love just a little part of our life. So in that experience, inviting God in, he moved in and began to rearrange my life. For me, it felt like he was throwing it all away or, or crushing it, but he began to, to change and move my life where I could not see it till later so that it became the life that I needed for me and the life I needed to go into ministry for years. You know, when you're younger, you don't think in terms of years or decades, it's days or weeks only. I could have never sustained my life in ministry without what God did in that time, rearranging my life, taking it and shaping it and forming it more and more to his will, not my ideas of what I thought my life should be. So 
not to scare you off of fasting, but to recommend it as a powerful spiritual discipline. I look at it as opening a door to allow God into your life in a deeper way. I look at it as a way, if, if you have been praying for something for a while and you just, you just feel frustrated that you're getting no answers, that, that fasting can take that prayer and allow God to move in it. That you may be wanting this and God may desire this for you and they're far apart. But in that discipline of fasting, you can, you can begin that conversation with God as to how you, how you work it out together. If there has been something in your life that you've really been struggling with and, and you try to walk away from but you keep going back to, I, I lift up fasting as, as a way to invite God into that struggle, not to keep it as your own. Fasting is a way to take your, your faith or your prayer or your reading of Scripture, just about anything you do in your faith, to a deeper level. And you can fast like I did from, from sunrise to sunset. You can drink uh, anything. You can uh, just not have solid food. Or you may do it for one day, one day a week that you, you fast. And, and you should do it like Jesus says, not making a big thing about not not going around saying, oh, woe is me or telling everybody. It's really between you and God. Then God will work on you. Maybe not to the extent that he worked on me, but I needed a lot of work. You probably don't need that much work. I lift up fasting, or, or maybe you just want to fast for one meal, you know, uh, for a day that this meal, you're sort of by yourself, so it's sort of easy to do it without anybody uh, knowing. Just to fast and skip that meal. Because the experience of fasting is the experience of setting aside something that is essential to our life, to just set it aside for a time. And I believe in doing that, as we set that aside, it makes room for God. You know, sometimes our lives are so full, so full one thing after the other. How does God get in? But when we fast, we physically set aside something that is essential to us. So I believe in some way we're setting aside our self. We're setting aside the self and opening ourselves up to God in that time, in that discipline, in that experience. I think it is a great spiritual discipline to take your faith to a deeper level. Maybe you just feel like, you know, I'm in this faith, but it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. I, you know, I, I go to church, I pray or I read, but I don't seem to be getting anything out of it. I lift up fasting as a way to go deeper. And you can do that in your prayer. You can do fasting with your reading of Scripture. You can do fasting uh, with your hopes and dreams. You can do fasting for, for a purpose. It could be yourself. It could be your family. It could be something in our world. Just to spend that time talking to God about what's on your heart. 
I lift up fasting as a spiritual discipline, as a way to allow God in. Now, it's not, it's not a bargain with God. You know, that if I give up this meal or if I fast for this time, then God, I, I expect you to do this. Because if you learned anything from my lesson, if you go in bargaining, you may end up with more than you bargained for. Because God wants what is best for you and for me. And sometimes as humans, we don't, we don't like that. We, we like to be in control of our life. We think our life is fine. Thank you very much. Jesus, you're allowed in this much. I'll keep you right there. I don't, I don't want to be an extremist or anything. But fasting is a way to work your life with God and His will and His desire for you to work together to go deeper into this relationship, to grow and move. And all God can do is work good. All God can do is work good in you and I. I would never be the person I am. I would never be the husband or father I am. I would never be the pastor I am without what God did in my life, where I felt he was crushing it. He was raising it up. Fasting is, in this world, a physical thing. You know, we talked about prayer, and it's usually sort of mental. It's words, and we talked last week about how it comes from our feelings. But fasting is a physical, a physical practice where we do not eat for a period of time. So I believe in, in a small way we participate in Jesus' experience of emptying himself. Because when we fast, you'll feel different and you'll feel empty. And that is Jesus' experience in our world. That he came into our world as holy God and holy human. And he emptied himself for us. He emptied himself all the way to the death on the cross. He emptied himself by giving himself fully so that we might fully live. So today we come to this table of bread and cup. Here in our reality, in our world, are these small containers of bread, physical, in the physical world. And small sealed containers for us grape juice here physically in the world. But they are so much more. That's the experience of fasting, that you are physically setting something aside or giving something up. Emptying yourself of something physical, but it is so much more on a spiritual level. Let us pray. Almighty God, this morning we ask for a pouring out of your Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all those who have tuned in or are watching online. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon all gathered here in person. Right where we are, O oh God, right where we are this morning, whether we feel close to you or whether we feel at a distance from you, O God. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. May it wash over our head and run down our shoulders, O God. 
May it breathe in our breath and move in our muscles. Pour out your Holy Spirit, O God, upon each and every one of us. And pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, so that we, so that we might be made the body of Christ in the world today, so that we might be molded and shaped and formed more and more in your image, so that we might be made the body of Christ in what we say and in what we do, O God in worshiping you, in, in studying your word, in, in, in grocery shopping for other families, in, in, in the living of our life, O oh God. Mold us and shape us and form us into the body of Christ right in the world, in the physical world today. Make us one, O oh God, one with you, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until that great and final day when we fast no more, when we sit and we feast and we feast and we feast, 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 feast at your heavenly table forever and ever. We ask this and we come to this table in the name, the one and only name, the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.